There are a million ways to make money in the food service industry. You just have to find one. On the Titans of Food Service podcast, I interview real life movers and shakers in the food game who cut through all the noise to get to the top. My name is Nick Portillo and welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Titans of Food Service. I'm your host, Nick Portillo. And today I am lucky enough to have one of the most well-known and highly sought after sales training experts in the country, Chris Jennings. Chris's journey kicked off at the age of 12, out knocking on doors to shovel snow and cut lawns. Now fast forward, and he's been recruited by Fortune 100 companies to develop and lead their teams internally. But here's where it gets interesting. He could not resist that entrepreneurial itch. Chris took that plunge. He started a couple of companies and have watched them grow by multiple millions. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I call a success story. He's a true student of both business and life. He's on a mission to be useful. He's all about helping companies tackle the challenges of growing in a profitable manner. And get this, he's not just about the numbers. He's all about creating better conversations. He believes in those win-win relationships and he's got the systems and processes to prove it. Now picture this, reducing the cost of customer acquisition, making the most of human capital and all the while boosting employee engagement and company bottom lines. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty sweet to me. But here's the real magic. Chris is not just a talker. He's noticeably passionate in his communication style. You will see that here today on our episode together. You'll feel it when he speaks, a commitment to service that extends to everyone he encounters. He also has a book out, Conversations Made Easy. You can find it on Audible or on Amazon, or you can go to his website, chrisjenningsgroup.com to get more information. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Chris. All right, Chris, welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. I appreciate you taking time to come on and meet with me and talk about your story. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Glad to be here. Appreciate uh, appreciate the invite. Of course. So I usually, I like to start off with what I call the fiery five food service questions. So these are fun, just kind of icebreaker questions for those listening okay. along. Uh, so the first one is, if you could have dinner with any person, alive or historical, who would it be and why? You know, I was going to say John Wooden, uh, you know, but I met John Wooden. I'd love to have had dinner with Kobe Bryant. I really wanted to get to know him better before he passed. Uh, yeah. The uh, fire in the belly that that man possessed, um, his dedication, even when he was accomplishing great things to do better. Uh, There was just a lot of qualities that that he had that I admired. And I would have, you know, and I I, I don't live that far from him. I thought I was planning on getting to know him, but... Man, life uh, life changes plans along the way. So yeah, go. Yeah, Bryant. absolutely. Yeah, I know. It, he went. To, he was too young. Him and yeah. um, and yeah. his daughter. Amen to that. Yeah. If you had to choose one type of cuisine to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, uh, it would be um, you know, salad. <laughs> 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 if that was it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to live to 101. I'm 61, and I'd like to go another 40 years. So it'd have to be salad. Uh, all right. I, I put a lot of stuff in my salads, but, um, you know, which, so I got some leeway there, but yeah, be salad. Sure. Okay. Do you prefer cooking at home or dining out? 
you know, I love them both. Um, but I would say my wife and I consensus is to eat it, eat our food at home. Um, but you know, don't get me wrong. We are out often. And sure. So, Sure. Yeah, that'd probably be my preference. On the eating out front, if you could recommend one restaurant to somebody who does not live in Orange County and they only had 24 hours to be here, where would you recommend? Easy peasy. Uh, The Drake, a little jazz club in Laguna Beach, incredible atmosphere, limited menu. So everything (laughs) that they serve is excellent. And it's got vibe like, really no other restaurant in Orange County that I've been to. So hands down the Drake. Okay. The Drake it is. Yeah. It's only going to make it hard uh, depending on how many people listen. I don't know. It's gonna make it harder to get into because I have to, you got to reserve in advance. That's right. Yeah. And and Laguna is, uh, you know, it's kind of like a sleepy little, not a sleepy town, but it's a smaller town and it's, you know, an, an artsy place. It's, it's a great place to go to, to visit. Yeah. And I know it's become more popular over the years. Laguna is great. And we live, we live right up above Laguna. We're Laguna and Gal, so close by. Okay. So we drop down to the Drake whenever, whenever we can. And it's a, it's always a fun time. Nice. After a, a celebratory moment or even a great day at work or just a great day in general, what is a go-to meal that you enjoy? celebratory go-to meal, you know, I celebratory. Okay. Uh, so that's cause that sounds slightly different because my go-to meals are tend to be like the leaner, cleaner, healthy things. But if yep. it was a celebratory splurge meal, you know, I'm saying that splurgy. I love King crab, you know, if I good cream, yeah. King crab legs, some nice sides that that's a, that's a celebratory meal for sure. I've, yeah. I've been over to Water Grill. I don't know if you've ever gone there. It's in Costa Mesa. And it's this massive restaurant. And they have, I think it's a king crab or it's a type of king crab. And they have them there in a in a uh, tank. And each one is like eight to 10 pounds. And I've been able to hold really? one of them before. They sell them for like a thousand bucks or 900 oh, wow. bucks a pop. Yeah. But it, you know, it's meant to feed many people. Yeah, I've seen the lobsters in the tank, but I have not seen the king crab. So sounds yep. that sounds like a journey in and of itself. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I cool. last time I was there, they said they sold like five or six in one night. So you know, it's that adds up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, good for them. It's good business. So, Chris, maybe a little background on yourself. Who are you? What is your business? Let's start there. Yeah. So uh, Chris Jennings, owner, founder of the Chris Jennings Group, um, 30 years coaching sales teams, business leaders, uh, professionals that uh, have to grow uh, their, their, their business in some way, shape or form, even if they're not necessarily see themselves in a sales role. And, uh, and, and you know what I've been doing for the last 30 years is making that easier to do. Uh, than it would be. I think a lot of people get caught up in their head about what does that mean to, to sell? Uh, my opinion, it's just helping people fix problems that they can have helped without without you being around. And and so I, we work with individual producers and leaders who lead teams, lead companies uh, to help make that happen uh, more, 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 re- more regularly. So, nice. And, th- yeah. and those that work with you, what are some of the deliverables or what are some of the expectations they have uh, when working with you? 
Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I'll think of a couple of assignments that we've yeah. we started on now. I've got one that's a professional services firm where they just want to, while they're talking to their clients, be able to get better at getting referrals and opening up the conversation of business development. Uh, we got a very successful um, video production uh, firm that is is growing great, but they want systems to help the growth. And in those systems, coordinating the sales growth with the ability to deliver. And yeah. so we work with a lot of project management teams and technical teams that are also customer facing and often uh, a part of the growth. And then a lot of our clients come to us because they don't have a sales playbook and we'll assemble a sales playbook. Uh, we'll make sure that one gets installed and that everybody that works in the company can follow it. Uh, we'll do that both uh, in a written format and with video content to back it up. So that's that's what we do. I'm sure you find a lot of companies, especially sales organizations don't have a sales, like a training manual or anything like that. Yeah, I'd say for most companies, you know, sales is kind of the wild, wild west of the of the right. organization. Uh, you know, they're pretty structured on their operations, their delivery, their accounting, their purchasing. The, you know, when it comes to sales, like it gets mysterious, it gets murky. So we give it structure and and process and, you know, in any any Anything that you do that's got a system attached to it is going to function better. So we help put a system in place and uh, so you can move faster and get more done. You mentioned that some companies come to you uh, around, you know, opening up conversations, creating referrals, maybe some any tips or tricks around that um, for those listening. You know, many of the people listening work for a food service distributor or mar um, manufacturer, broker, you know, sales driven jobs. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, happy to help with that. So like I said, in our, in our book that came out, uh, Conversations Made Easy, which we yeah. published uh, launched last year, uh, there's a ton of tips and tricks in there. It's out on Audible too. So, you know, the things that you're going to hear me today, if you want to pick it up on Audible, you certainly can. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I give people in talking to customers is don't change the way that you talk to customers. You should be talking to your prospects and your customers the same way with the same tonality, the same intonation, the same relaxed nature that you would talk to one of your buddies, uh, you know, or your somebody you live with or somebody at the Starbucks. So maintaining a casual nature in how you interact with people, because if you if you alter the way that you talk to people because you want something out of them, it's not going to go as well. And you're not going to be your natural, most authentic and best self. I am huge on being very authentic, very real. The goal in sales, I often tell people, is to be the most relatable person that they've ever spoken to, not the most professional, not the smartest, not the, you know, somebody who sounded like they had the best uh, widget or whatever, because most people don't believe that or buy that anyways. In fact, you're probably doing more to distance yourself from your audience than you are to connect with them. And I'm huge on connection, right? And so what I look for is relatability. And there's a lot of tools, you know, that we're going to, we, we try to offer to get people to be more relatable. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, call out your difficulties. So if you're calling on somebody brand new and you're, you know, you're, you're showing up at a restaurant where you weren't invited, um, then you got to like call that out. You got to let them know. It's like, Hey, I know you guys are busy, you know, menu planning and probably about to run a team meeting. I'm going to be at this. I'm going to be out of here fast. 
right? And in fact, it's a bit of a long shot and I probably shouldn't have stopped here, but I thought on the off chance, you know, that there was something I could do to help you that maybe adds to your menu one way or another, um, that I should at least stop by, you know, tell you briefly what we're up to. I'll ask you a couple of quick questions. I'll let you decide if I should ever come back here or not. Does that sound okay to you? Right. So something like that's a lot more authentic, a lot more relatable, a lot more like easy on the ears for your customers. Um, then, you know, Hey, I just, you know, want to drop off these samples and set some time to come see you, you know? So, so I'm, I'm big on not doing the standard sales stuff. I'm big on, uh, being, like I said, authentic and relatable, right? If you're authentic, real and relatable, you know, people are going to respond to that. Yeah, absolutely. Want. In my line of work going that, that exact scenario of what you just described of going into a kitchen and talking to a chef, you know, having them stop what they're doing to meet with you. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, you want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. I'm, I'm only going to be here for a minute. Can I come back? Kind of, I, I want to make sure that this works for you. Be a little bit more, not so in their face, trying to sell yeah. them something. Yeah. More relaxed. I really like that, 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 uh, thought process. Yeah. And I, and that what I find happens too, is the more relaxed you are, you get mm -hmm. your audience and your customers more relaxed. The more like on edge that you are, the more you put people on edge mm -hmm. and it makes them kind of makes them nervous and uncomfortable, which is why they want to shut down the conversation too quickly and you're missing out. Right. That's um, right. So, and there's a ton of, I guarantee for all of you listeners out there, there's a ton of customers out there that you've never even spoken to that could absolutely need your help. And they just have no idea that you exist. So I'm mm -hmm. a big believer in continuing to prospect. Now, my favorite way to do business is through referrals and introductions. So you asked me a little bit about that. That's right. Um, and, you know, and I can talk about that a little bit. My, um, I'm, and I'm huge on referrals. If you're not asking your customers for a referral or introduction, at least 80% of the time, you're probably not, you're, 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 you're selling yourself short and you're not getting introduced to other people. Now, people give me all kinds of pushback on why they don't ask. And they, first of all, most people wait too long. I think you got to tell people in the beginning, as soon as they've hired you, right, right out of the gate, just let them know, hey, you're going to see me work really hard to do a great job for you. I know you don't know me very well, but down the road, I'm hoping you get super comfortable with what we're doing so that you're pointing me out to other chefs and buddies of yours that are in the business that could use a hand. And I'm going to count on you for that if you're open to it, right? And you just, you can put that out there day one, you know, where they just hired you. They just placed their first order, plant the seed early. If it's important to you, let them know. I think, you know, customers are partners and that, and it's a partnership. It's not, I think way too many people put their customers up on pedestals and, mm -hmm. and they're, they're trying to be a better, you know, server of their customer and, uh, and it's really a, you know, in a, in a, any kind of B2B relationship, it's a, full-on partnership and, and the customers got to contribute. We got to contribute. And one of the ways your customers contribute is they introduce you to other people and you got to let them know that out of the gate. Right. Which, Very smart. I, I, I've done that actually here on this podcast, actually going back to what you were saying around just being yourself and being relaxed. When I first started the podcast a year ago, I was mentioning to you before we started that I've done about um, 50, 52 episodes this at this point one a week i was very performative i wasn't necessarily yeah. my comfortable self yeah, yeah, i was yeah. a little bit more ro robotic and uh, people that helped me start this they're like just episode one versus episode 30 are going to sound oh, yeah. a heck of a lot different and they really do it, it seems 
I would, I, I believe it, it, it's more relaxed. It's more of a casual conversation, which is good. Great. Yeah. And listen, you know, we put a lot of time and energy into our work. Mm-hmm. And if you're walking around like tiptoeing on eggshells, every time you talk to a new customer, every time you ask for a referral, every time you tell a customer that, you know, there's going to be a price increase, man, you're spending a lot of your time on this planet stressed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life's too short. Um, so I was talking, I was coaching, uh, somebody earlier today who was telling me about their, you know, anxiety around, you know, impressing certain people who were in on their meetings. I'm like, you don't really need to, there's nobody you got to impress. You just need to do like be you and, and bring your best to the table. Now, how you run your sales calls, you know, we could get into that depending on time. So, yeah. Uh, what about in, in terms of. What happens a lot too in our industry is maybe we're making a presentation to a distributor sales force. And maybe at any one time, maybe you're talking to 20 people and there's anxiety and fear really around public speaking. How do you help your clients in terms of that realm? Well, like I said, so I, I do a lot of public speaking and uh, I I talk to a group the same way I'm talking to you right now, the same way I would talk to you know, somebody who's doing work at my house. Mm-hmm. Right? So I never change the person that I am in any setting. And, um, and I, I have one authentic self. And I find if you bring that to the table, that's going to help you. Uh, the other thing I do before I speak anywhere publicly, I say a little bit of a little prayer to myself. And, and I just, I, I ask, I ask to be of maximum service to the audience that I'm about to be in front of and to be, be as helpful as I can to the group that I'm about to to be in front of and I find you know that does a couple things like it it, it sets my intention um and I'm only there to help and and I said that earlier S- sales is helping people fix problems that they couldn't have fixed without you so if you're in front of a distributor team and you have a you know a product line or you have a you know a menu suggestion or a strategy that you're wanting to suggest like as long as you know that their environment well enough you're going to be able to deliver some really meaningful helpful suggestions mm-hmm. now if you don't know that team very well or that environment or it's like your first time in front of a group like that i'm going to recommend you spend the first and maybe regardless, you know, the first few minutes asking questions of that audience before you jump into your pitch, which I'm, you know, I'm really big on asking questions. So, yeah. When it comes to the sales process, is there a, a, a part that's more important than the other from the referral all the way to the close? You know, the, the whole interaction matters. I feel like, you know, what's happening in a, in a sales environment from the moment somebody meets you, they're, mm-hmm. they're making judgments about you. <laughs> right. You, you know, you're being judged like it or not, you're being judged. Okay. And, uh, from how you introduced yourself to what you wore, how you sat, you know, what your background was like, you're being judged all the way through. And as people go, like they're either feeling like, Hey, I'm, this person is making me more comfortable and confident working with them. Mm-hmm. or less comfortable and less confident working with them. Now, the biggest thing that I'll tell you, the biggest thing that most salespeople that I've ever worked with don't do okay. that would help them the most. Here we go. Okay. Is they don't record their calls. 
and they don't listen to them back. Like, so if you're on a Zoom meeting and you got a recording that, you should watch it. Um, you, if you were on a phone call with somebody and you recorded it, you should listen to it. And, and if you're, if it didn't go the way you want it, like, this is what we tell our clients is like, record your calls and then send us a copy. Right. Um, you know, you send us record, recorded calls. And one of my favorite things to do is to listen to other people's sales calls, because sometimes when you're in the middle of the call, you're just a little bit like you're too in your head about what's going to happen. And it, and it changes how you interact. So being able to listen to it after the fact or getting feedback from myself or somebody on our team, I got a team of partners that are all great listening to these calls. And we're going to, every time we listen to somebody's sales calls, we always find a bunch of stuff that they could do differently. And this is what I like to tell people. If you haven't done it because you're uncomfortable, I was like, you know, well, first of all, if you're uncomfortable, just imagine, you know, how you might be making your customers uncomfortable. That's right. But if there's a mistake that you're making, okay, how how long do you want to make that mistake before somebody points it out to you? Mm-hmm. You know, call after call, meeting after meeting, and there's something you're doing or could be doing differently that you're not even aware of at all. I mean, that that I think that's why a lot of salespeople underperform versus their potential. I think most people could double their double their income and and you know, most of the places I've been to. Yeah. What what if you're inside the kitchen, you know, you're you're visiting with yeah. the chef. What's is there a way to record yourself there? Or or is there an appropriate way to ask? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you're um in the in in the kitchen visiting a chef, you definitely can. Uh what I would say to that chef is like, hey, chef Nick, I don't want to we're gonna cover a lot of details today. It's gonna be moving fast. I don't want to miss any details. Would you be cool if I record the conversation just so I have it as a reference point for later? Right. And if you said that to your to the chef you're meeting with, and you just pulled out your phone and just have, you know, turn on your voice uh recorder and boom, you know, there you go. You're gonna record the whole thing. It's and you're gonna have a lot of great stuff to come back to. And most of your audiences are gonna go, ah, really, you know, thanks for being so detail oriented. You sure? Like, that's what I would do. That's smart. Yeah. What about when it comes to the close. What are some maybe some pitfalls that you see from working with your your clients? What are some of the areas that they struggle with on that? Um, so, I'm a huge believer in tracking your conversion rates. If um, you should know what your conversion rate is from you know lead to meeting, from meeting to proposal, and proposal uh, to converted client. Okay, proposal or demo. And and you really should have statistics on that so you can judge, you know, whether you're going up or you're going down. Because the longer in your career, like, you know, down the road, maybe in the beginning, if you're converting 10, 15, 20, 30% of the time, okay, I'll live with all those numbers. But down the road, as you get busier, like you need to be converting wins, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80% of the time. Right. Um, and so I'm big on conversion rate. And, and, and if I was to look and I've never met somebody who we couldn't increase their conversion rate by 10 points, never my Mm. entire time I've been doing this. So if you're a 50 point conversion, I know we can get you to 60. Uh, If you're 30, I know you can go to 40, et cetera. And there's the thing that we're, the breakdown is probably you didn't ask enough of the right questions to find what's going to drive them to make a change. Okay. There's something wrong in the ch- in the questions that you're asking. You're rushing 
and not getting there fast enough because people are busy and they said, oh, I only have five minutes. So, or whatever they said. And so you were rushing or uh, uh, see there's somebody else that is really looped in the process. So the chef doesn't have full license to do whatever they want in the kitchen. They still got to get sign off from, you know, somebody in purchasing or, you know, the owners always want to weigh in. If there's a, you know, there's somebody who is probably getting in the way that maybe we don't have access to. So it's usually one of those three. You're rushing, you're not asking the right question, or you're not getting, uh, there's somebody missing that should be involved in the conversation. That's probably it. Around the question, asking questions, that's a tough part. You know, it requires active listening and, you know, really understanding your customer. How do you help your your clients with asking better questions? Great question. The uh, number one, you got to care. All right. right. You have to be like, you know, you got to be enjoy going into a restaurant and you got to really care about and be curious about like, hey, what's it like for that chef? You know, you know, if they if they put a meal on the menu and it, you know, it, nobody buys it like or or what's it like for them when they send out a dish that gets sent back or that you know the wait staff doesn't like to wait because it takes longer like i really want to know what's it like for them in their business so if you have a gen my vote i always felt like if you have a genuine curiosity on the customers you call on and a genuine interest in the business you're going to get there the other thing i'll tell you is don't be so focused on just the product. So let's just say you got a tomato sauce line you're repping and, um, you know, talking just about the tomato sauce that you use versus like, I want to know big picture. Where does this, how does that impact the overall menu? How does that impact like the, the sous chef prepping stuff for you? How, what is that like, you know, for the, the wine pairings at the table? Like there's so many other things that matter beyond the one problem. And I think people get a little narrowly focused on one issue and they don't broaden the conversation. And I think they largely don't broaden it either because they're not as interested or they're running out of time. And we get a lot of people who are running out of time because, you know, people are busy, right? That's chef. Yes. They're busy. Yeah. I see a lot of people, they, they really would focus on the, the features of the product themselves uh, itself without, yeah. I like that looking at the holistically, what is the whole picture? How can this benefit yeah. someone's operation? Yeah. Someone's operation, somebody's career. Like I really, you got to go, you know, much bigger picture. And I, I think that'll help a lot. The other thing I was going to say is I got a client I work with, a big, you know, uh, uh, seafood distribution firm, and 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 so he and I were talking one day. As uh, uh, now the president of the firm, which by the way, this guy I love this guy. Um, he started out <laughs> as a as a driver. He became a salesperson. Became a sales manager. Became VP of sales. Became the president of the company. Okay, so uh-huh. God bless this guy. Yeah. But in any event, like when he and I were talking one day, he goes, you know, my sales team, like they never get invited to look inside the freezer. Like they don't, but my drivers, they look in the freezer. They get in, they're let into the back and my sales team misses out a lot. So we spent a lot of time figuring out how do you get what we call special teams players? How do you get your special teams players, your drivers, your 
you know, your, your chefs or food scientists or whatever you got, how do you get that group involved in the overall sales process to um, increase your touch and reach inside of an account? And I think mm-hmm. if you're trying to do it all on your own and you're not getting your special teams players involved and you haven't gotten like that, like that's a big part of putting your playbook together is what's your role. If you're the, you're the lead salesperson, you're the quarterback, but, Who's blocking for me? Who's tackling? Who's getting me the ball back? All, all that matters. Yeah, that makes sense. That really makes sense. Tell me about your your book, Conversations Made Easy. What what what, what can someone expect from reading that? So, uh, like the title says, you know, and my favorite thing to do in my career has always been to make tough tough conversations easier for people to have. So, if it's a price increase, you know, like you're coming in with a new uh, a new product that costs more than the competitive mm-hmm. product like that's you know so how do you deal with that yeah um and we so we have a lot of uh, uh, what you're going to find in there is we're going to give you a conversation model to follow so you can work within your authentic self that and it'll turn into great conversations uh we'll give you some ideas of how to structure your week so that you get more productive so as a as a personal producer there's a ton in there and if you're leading a team you know, there's a lot of ideas on how to build the skills of our team. We're never finished in this life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always getting better. You know, I'm always learning. If you're a professional salesperson and you're 10 years into your career, you know, there, I, I want you to think about how do I get, how do I sell twice as much or three times as much as I do today and work the same amount or even less than I do today? And the, the way you get there is you get better at some part of your process and you become a student of the game. So there's a whole bunch of questions in there. There's drills and exercises. There's goal setting. Uh, I try to get A to Z everything that a salesperson or sales leader would need uh, all inside of a, you know about 200 pages. If you listen to it on Audible, you got five hours and 55 minutes. So I came in under my six minute, six hour uh, <laughs> target. And, uh, and you know, you can give you something to do while you're out there driving. I've always wondered because I've listened to a lot of books on Audible. When you yeah. sit there and record for six hours, I mean, you, I would I'd imagine you have to take breaks or you just do it all at once. Yeah. No, 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 dude. It was, I almost, it was a real God shot for me. I almost didn't record it myself. I had a professional narrator picked out. This guy's name is Axe Norman. And uh. he sounded really cool. And I liked his name, right? <laughs> yeah. And then in the middle of the whole thing, the people I was working with, like financially, the company collapsed. And, um, oh. so I took it as a sign from God that I was supposed to record this thing myself. Yeah. So I found a producer and basically how it works is we probably, uh, had about 14 to mm, maybe 18 hours of scheduled recording time of which some of us, some of it blew up because there was background noise or this mm-hmm. happened, but we did it in two hour blocks, about eight, about eight you know, two hour blocks. And we ended up with five hours and 55 minutes of what I hope you'll find to be really good content and including some interviews where I got to, you know, point people to our website, which I would say, you know, go to our website, chrisjenningsgroup.com. We got a lot of, you know, free resources. You can, there's a, like some free programs you can sit in. There's stuff you can pay for if you want, you know, you can engage one of our coaches, but but certainly there's a there's a ton of resources for anybody at christianningsgroup.com check it out uh the books are there too um or you know find it on amazon or on audible fantastic 
Chris, yeah. you're the man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. This was great. I I am absolutely going to buy your book. So cool. thank you. Yeah, Nick. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, spending the time with you. It's uh, good to see you. Good to talk to you. I mean, this. If if you and your listeners haven't noticed, I'm passionate about the topic. Yeah, right. I've been doing this for a long time, man. And I it really like you know people coming back to me and go, hey, because of you, I doubled my income. I that like that makes my day. So if I can help, if I ho- hopefully I'll help some of your listeners, uh, you know, do a little bit better in their career, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, reserve some time for them to, you know, spend time with the, with the families or that are the, and the people that are most important to them. I'm not, I'm not like, you got to work yourself to the bone kind of guy to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you just got to work smarter all the time and that I'm more, I'm much more into that. So. Fantastic. Chris, yeah. again, thank you so much. Nick, it was a blast. Uh, you know, I'm happy to do it again. Thanks for inviting me guys. Have a great day out there. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris.